0: Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic and host of Bachelor Nation News. Hey, guess what? It's summer, baby. June 21st, 2023. The year is flying by. This means we're halfway done, right? We're about halfway done with the year. Time to get that summer cocktail ready for your afternoon entertainment recap episode. We've got some information on that sunken submarine, plus Chris Harrison discusses what it's like to be the villain. This and so much more we're going to get into right now until Today's Bachelor Rush Hour. That's right, folks. It is the summer solstice, June 21st, 2023. The summer solstice is celebrated around the world and marks the official start of astronomical summer and the longest day of the year. It occurs... Oh, you think it's the longest day for you? How about the submarine, folks? Oh, boy. It occurs when one of Earth's poles is tilted towards the sun at its most extreme angle, and due to Earth's tilt, this happens twice a year. In the northern hemisphere, the summer solstice falls in June, while the southern hemisphere, the winter solstice, is happening. So, Hey, for all of those friends down under, congrats on the winter solstice. It's your shortest day of the year. And in the Southern Hemisphere, it falls in December. Um, So anyway, yeah, they're opposite. The next summer solstice for the Northern Hemisphere is today. And the summer solstice and subsequent longest day of the year are celebrated by many cultures around the world with numerous traditions, holidays, and festivals. Grab a cold beer. Grab a Sam Summer, kid. Get out there and enjoy every ounce of the sunlight. Uh, someone who's not enjoying every ounce of the sunlight right now has to be Stasi Schroeder. Am I pronouncing that right or is it Stacey Schroeder? Either way, there is a GoFundMe by Vanderpump Rules alumni Faith Stowers. Uh, to raise money to sue her. Oh boy, it sucks getting sued and it sucks seeing someone else raise money for that lawsuit. Uh, But that's the world we live in. That's the GoFundMe lifestyle. Uh, Suing her because of damaging things she said, not only in her book, but on the show. So a reality star fighting back on another reality star. We love to see it. And we're going to get into the submarine story. That's going to be our big non-Bachelor story of the day. I'm not trying to make light of this very sad story story. Uh, but just yesterday they said 40 hours left. That was 24 hours. You do the math. This submarine, uh, has like close to zero regulation. It's sent down 13,000 feet or something like that. And they don't know if they're going to be able to find it. And every moment is one more breath, in la- and in you know, taking away the oxygen that they have in a submarine the size of a minivan just terrible stuff. And yet, they have heard uh, a noise missing Titanic submarine search crews hear banging noises, possible signs of life. Now, I found this uh, audio clip on uh, uh, on Twitter, I'm almost hesitant to play it because I don't know if it's verified, but it's got over 600,000 views. They claim that this is the audio and the knocking that they heard from the submarine. Again, I could be getting duped here, so this is not vetted, but have a listen. You know, I don't know, sound travels pretty far underwater. It's muffled. I don't know if this is it. And it's just heartbreaking that you can hear this. If this is the sound uh, either, either way, even if this isn't the sound, this is, 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 knowing that they did pick up audio and they're trying to locate it and it's 2023. And we just, we just think we've got all of this technology in the world, but we forget We just forget how deep and vast the ocean is, even if they know where they're looking. They're looking in the size of the state of California. Absolutely heartbreaking. There's more to this story, which we're going to get to right after a quick word from our sponsors. And today's featured content is going to be a Chris Harrison podcast clip. He had Courtney Robertson on his podcast. She was one of the biggest villains, actually voted biggest villain in a lot of polls here of The Bachelor, and they actually discuss what it's like to be the villain. She asks him some very interesting questions about, hey, hey, now that you, you're on the other side of things, what do you feel? How do you feel about getting thrown under the bus by the producers? How do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? And Chris essentially says he empathizes, but we're going to hear from his own words That'll be the second half of this episode here, but we are going to go back very briefly to some more information about the subway, uh, the submarine, the CEO of ocean gate, which is operating the Titanic tourist submarine explains that the company didn't want to hire any experienced 50 year old white guys because they weren't inspirational Uh, here. Have a listen to what the CEO who is trapped in the submarine had to say listen to what he talks about. The CEO talks about hiring people. Uh, yes. I mean, when I started business, one of the things you'll
1: find there are other sub operators out there, but they, they typically um, have uh, gentlemen who are ex-military submariners and they you'll see a whole bunch of 50 year old white guys. Um, I wanted our team to be younger, to be inspirational. And I'm not going to inspire a 16 year old to, to go pursue marine technology. But a 25 year old, uh, you know, who's a sub pilot or a, a platform operator or one of our techs can be inspirational. So we've really tried to to get um, very intelligent, motivated younger individuals involved because we're doing things that are completely new. We're taking approaches that are used largely in the aerospace industry is related to safety and uh, some of the the preponderance of checklists,
0: uh, So look, I don't blame him for wanting a younger crew. You know, for me, it's all about equity. If somebody has the experience and you want to hire them, yeah, absolutely, doesn't not not a big deal to me. But here's an interesting side story. As as you know, yesterday we talked about the Titanic billionaire, the guy named Hamish Harding, right? That uh, pilot Pete's mom uh, said she knew. They said like they were saying thoughts and prayers to him. Well, his stepson. Uh, was in San Diego yesterday or two days ago and was at a Blink-182 concert and we discussed this. It obviously is bad optics to go to a Blink-182 concert when your stepdad is missing in a submarine, but at the same time people cope in different ways, so I'm not judging him here. But TMZ is not backing down on this stepson. They say step stepson shoots his shot with OnlyFans model as rescuers scramble to locate a missing sub. Things are Starting to look very grim for the five people trapped inside the submersible meant to explore the Titanic, but that's not stopping the stepson of one of the missing men from shooting a shot with an OnlyFans model. Hamish Harding, a British billionaire among the passengers inside Ocean Gate's Titan, the submersible that lost communication two hours into its dive Sunday. Harding's stepson, Brian, has been very active on social media as the story has blown up around the world. He says, please keep my family in your prayers. That's what he said today, this morning. Brian was back on Twitter Wednesday first asking his followers to continue to think of his family. However, about 30 minutes later, his attention shifted to streamer and OnlyFans model Brea, who posted a picture of herself in a bikini with the caption, Can I sit on you? I can't believe this is a story. If you're watching this on Patreon, you can see the images I'm pulling up, patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Uh, we record the podcast with the Patreon if you want to get the visuals. Brian, clearly into the pick, reposted it and replied, Yes, please. Of course, Brian's comment. But doesn't he sound like a Brian? Brian's comment section started to pop off following the post. One user wrote, "LMAO." Quote: "Tweeting a thirst trap while your stepdad is lost at sea is wild business." Another added, "This guy loves Blink 182 and having ladies sit on his face, and he's not afraid to let the world know." Uh, so of course he posted. Uh, this might be disa- distasteful being here, but my family would want me to be at the Blink 182 show, as it's my favorite band. And music helps me in difficult times. Could you imagine if he inherits all this money? I mean, he, you know, he'll he'll have plenty of OnlyFans models sitting on his face if he becomes a billionaire. As reported, Brian's the same guy we covered that. Who you know, and so and then the final line in the TMZ article says. Guess everyone handles stress differently. Some people like to call their family and try to be with their loved ones. And some people want models to sit on their face. I mean, hey, to each their own, right? Who are we to judge uh, what he does? Either way, this just reminds me that we should have billionaires being taxed at a higher level. Because wouldn't you rather the money from billionaires... To be spread out amongst uh, lower income people, wouldn't you, isn't that better than letting Brian here have his face be sat on by an OnlyFans model? I don't know. Is that just me? You think these billionaires are using the money to uh, I don't know, uh, you know, feed the homeless? No, they're they're smelling farts. That's all they're doing. All right. So anyway, that is that. We've got a few other stories before we get to our feature of the day. Snoop Dogg goes off script on streaming platform payout and viral rant. Can someone explain to me how you can get a billion streams and not get a million dollars? It's a good question. So he's wondering, like, why is he not making the money um, when it comes to, you know, uh, Spotify and streaming services? That's what actually, that, those moves are actually what helped to usher in hip-hop and, and, you know, make it what it is on streaming today. So, from that perspective, I think
1: we're well-positioned, you know, with my history at Apple, our ability to plug into physical in the way that we can now, like no other company, um, just seeing exactly the pie chart of, of, of streaming in the United States, streaming globally. Um, it's an exciting time, really it
0: is, I must say, you know? It's exciting, but streaming got to get get their shit together. Cause... I don't understand how the fuck you get paid off of that shit. <laughs> like, I mean. Snoop Dogg, he does have a real way with words. Like, you can talk about streaming X's and O's, and he goes, I don't understand how to make money. How does this work? He's like everyone's dad. Can somebody explain to me how you can get a billion streams? Can somebody tell me how the Wi Fi works here? You get a billion streams, and I can't even afford to let a lady sit on my face. If this ain't the US stream, I don't know what is. And not get a million dollars. Like, that shit don't make sense to me. Like, I don't know who the fuck running in the streaming industry, if you in here or not. <laughs> but nigga, you need to give us some information on how the fuck to track this money down. Because one plus one ain't adding up to two, that shit don't add up, and I have to say it. Because that's the main gripe with a lot of us artists is that we do major numbers with streams and this shit, but it don't add up to the money. I mean, he's got a point, right? You've got uh, Joe Rogan getting $100 million contracts on Spotify off of Who's Back. Now, he might be a bad example because he brings in a ton of ad revenue, so I'm sure they're not losing any money there. I'm sure sure they made their money back on him getting premium subscribers. But yeah, it's a great point. Musicians have been exploited forever. They don't have the same unions and protections that other people do. So it's a good point, and good for him for asking those questions. All right, we're going to get to Chris Harrison's interview of Courtney Robertson right after a quick word from our sponsor. And as I mentioned, I'm going to share Chris Harrison actually interviewing Richard Hatch from season one of Survivor, talking about his villain status, and then afterwards talks to Courtney Robertson. You're going to find this very interesting. Have a listen.
2: I thought of you during your um, your whole thing that happened, yeah. and- I wondered if you thought of like the villains like if you for the first time in your life felt that blowback in such a big way that maybe you hadn't before
0: it's a great question obviously it's chris harrison's podcast but courtney turns the tables on him as you guys know i met courtney robertson a few weeks ago hanging out at reality steve's fan appreciation weekend i was so impressed with her she's a really good person a nice mom so to hear in hindsight what she went through is very fascinating and you might remember we're to address the fact that she was left on stage for like an hour during the uh, during the hot seat uh, portion. They just left her on stage. Chris Harrison got sick and people were yelling things at her, heckling her from the crowd. I mean, wild, wild stuff that went down. We're going to get into it. But first, Chris Harrison interviewed Richard Hatch. Season one, spoiler winner of Survivor. Remember Survivor season one? He's actually from my hometown. I've loved that season. And he was the villain. They called him the FNF, the fat naked F word. That's what they called. Him. They literally called him that plain to his face, right? Here's what he has to say about what it takes to be a villain.
1: Well, we, uh, we all like to look back and uh, revisionist history is wonderful, isn't it? But you became known that first season as this, you know, kind of brilliant game player and schemer, but also I think it's fair to say you were also known as a villain. Did
3: you feel that? And when did you feel it? I could answer really light and silly, but I'll just briefly answer a little bit more seriously. So I played and I thought I played really, really well. I was so proud of myself and imagined um, the viewers watching and thought, oh, you know, I'm going to go back to. Yeah. A hero's welcome. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. How did he do that? How do you figure it, et cetera. And although I did and there are throngs of fans who still communicate with me now, um, thankfully uh, it really altered my life in a way that I hadn't uh, been prepared for. So that whole villain thing isn't as simple and superficial as one might think a big part of the villain label for me had to do with being naked, gay, and 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 atheist. You know, those things combined really made for a very serious villainous thing that allowed prosecutors and others to really pounce in a way that they felt able to do. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. But I love the game. And the flip side of that, if I set aside real life and the actual homophobia that was behind right. it, It has been fascinating and fun and amazing. And and people now get it, even during COVID. You know, new fans are like,
0: wow they told me you were a villain oh my god how did you do that All right. Uh, right so funny how we can look back and say oh richard hatch was robbed of you know he was considered a villain uh, of course in survivor world less manipulation and more an audience that was homophobic and this is like in the year 2000 the year 2000 and the year 2000 and of course he won he ended up going to prison for uh, not paying his taxes you got to pay your taxes folks but either way i mean wouldn't that be fascinating to go back and watch season one of survivor how far reality to TV has come so we're going to flip from that part of the conversation over to courtney robertson and what she has to say about um being the villain and all the hate she received you know
2: i dated celebrities and i really thought like this guy seems like a catch yeah, so normal but so i don't know if i answered your question well, tell me but- if
1: I, tell me if this is a wild theory this is one theory that i've had and i want to ask your opinion because you were a very successful model coming into the show um extremely gorgeous, you are, and I remember night one, you are very striking. So you, you make an entrance. Do you think that along with the attitude I think models have, having gotten to know some and I even dated, this kind of killer be killed attitude when you're a model, when you walk in and there's 20, 50, however many other beautiful women and everybody's shooting daggers. And it's like, before you come at me, I'm going to come at you. Do you feel like you maybe brought that attitude? So he
0: asks her about the attitude you have when you're you know, trying to compete with other women. And of course, it sucks that we pit people against each other, but that's the name of the game. It happens on The Bachelor. It happens on The Bachelorette. But let's get to the villain edit.
1: Feel was you that we got to see, Courtney, for the most part. And how much do you feel the producers had a heavy hand in how you were portrayed and who you became to be on the show?
0: Oh gosh.
2: I mean, maybe 50, yeah. 50. Um, you know, I think, you know, I've been talking to producers after like Mike Fleiss and I hung out through Amy Bean and Malibu and, you know, he said, we are famous. And he was like, you know, it was him or one of the top female execs. So was like, we've never really had like a true model on the show. And like, we kind of had to do it to you. So I think that they always knew You're like, "Did you?" <laughs> and and that's exactly what I said. I was like, "Oh, I remember Mike seeing my my engagement ring like, "How do you like that ring I bought you?" and um <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's just a small world, but yeah, I definitely think that they had a plan for me. Yeah. And I kind of shot myself in the but by being so trusting in the interviews. I, I mean, it was also positive. Like some people, it was like, they love to hate me.
0: Okay, so she says, uh, Mike Fleiss held like, you know, you know was like, oh, how'd you like that ring I bought you? It's like, oh, how'd you like that show that I helped you get a ton of money from because you used me as a villain? And she said she was trustworthy, which of course is rule number one in reality TV. Don't be trustworthy. By the way, guys, I heard some crazy information today about Bachelor in Paradise. I'm not sharing any spoilers. I was a little worried. Maybe the show has lost its fastball. I got some information today that is going to bring back some drama from past seasons on this season of Bachelor in Paradise. Let me tell you something, guys. I'm telling you right now, I just thought of it. Information that's stumbled to me that nobody else has. I'm telling you right now, it's not hyperbole. Call me out on it when you watch the show. We're gonna have some drama from past experiences that have yet to be resolved. Okay, let's go back to Caitlin. Let's go back here to Courtney Robertson. And like
2: as we were starting to go when this happened in yeah. the audience is booing me.
0: All right, so now she's talking about when she went on the hot seat, Chris Harrison was supposed to interview her, the audience is booing her, and Chris Harrison mentions it's the sickest he's ever been and he had to kind of leave the set and get better and spend an hour off the set. In that time, they just let her sit there and take it from the audience. The girls are
2: chirping at me. They are gassed up on like tequila Yeah, and I sit down. So I'm like ready to go. And, and then they're like, Chris needs to lay down. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like thinking you'll just be right back right. or make up. I don't know. Which touch means that's,
1: that's the weirdest thing in the world. Chris needs to lay down. That's never happened before. I've, it's just I've like, never
2: heard that. I've
1: been sick twice in the history of the show. I was sick twice. Once. Hey, that's
2: a good batting average. It though.
1: was, I was at the, uh, ladies house. I was at the mansion and I had to do a quick, just date card thing. So it didn't matter. And then there was you, I don't even remember. And I hate to admit this. I don't even remember what I was asking. Cause I wasn't even listening. If a producer wasn't in my ear at that moment, mm-hmm. when you stopped talking, somebody would say something and I would ask that question. I wasn't even in the building. I had no, and I felt maybe he just doesn't like
2: me. Like, cause you know, and that's really nice of you to say that actually like feels good to hear because I felt like we had always had such good interactions and not that you abandoned me, but like, like you said, like, and I was so terrified but like you i had watched michelle Money's because i was like how is this gonna go and
0: and so she talks about just the experience of being terrified um with the villain edit that she had and dealing with all the audience uh hate and all that now we get to the goods right here is the part where uh, courtney robertson turns it around on Chris Harrison and asks him about being the villain. This is what this is the most interesting thing I think we could get out of this podcast because we have two people that have received some might say more hate than they should have. Some might say Chris Harrison got all the hate he was supposed to get. I think it's more nuanced than that. I think that annoys people, but that's what I think.
2: As I'm sure you know. And I, I'm dying to ask you because I thought of you during your, um, your whole thing that yeah. happened. And I wondered if you thought of like the villains, or, like if you, for the first time in your life, felt that blowback in such a big way that maybe you hadn't before. It
1: was a great question. Two things that really gave me perspective on the show, going through my divorce, And going through a breakup, dating again, and and being back in that world gave me such great perspective. And then, yeah, going through what I went through has made me rethink and and how I was treated by the show, by producers, by executives, the things, Mm. promises made, promises not kept, et cetera. Um, It made me sorry for some of the things that people went through thinking, I think I was pretty naive thinking that,
0: it's almost like this. If you've never been publicly shamed or had the internet hate you for certain reasons, you probably wouldn't understand what it's like to feel that, that sort of internet austra, being ostracized from the internet. And of course here, it's not even the internet. It's, it's, it's ostracized from a community that he spent 20 years with. Again, not saying that he didn't speak out of line or not to relitigate the whole thing, not to say that regardless of the actions that happened, regardless of the bad day or a series of bad days that existed out there. It sucks. It sucks to feel that way. It's probably the worst feeling a human can have is feeling like he is not wanted by his community, his or her community.
1: Uh, there's no way certain things were happening and they probably were behind my back and under my nose. I wish I'd been a little bit more aware, um, but for mm-hmm. sure, it definitely gave me a whole different perspective on, on people like yourself. Honestly, it's, it's, it really has.
2: It's a, <laughs> it's a big weight on your shoulders. And for me, truthfully, and I don't know if I haven't admitted it much, but it was really embarrassing. <laughs> it's the, the cringe, the embarrassment yeah. that I had.
0: like Now, I'm sure Courtney has done a lot of therapy and has put this all behind her. But when she laughs after saying how embarrassing it was. I feel the type of person who still feels foolish that they felt so poorly off of a silly TV show. Not to say she shouldn't feel those feelings. I'm sure it's a wicked feeling here. She goes on to discuss them. I mean, she was on the front cover of magazines, not blog post magazines. You can't buy milk at the grocery store without seeing your face on the cover and being called the worst names in the world.
2: Like there would be days where I just didn't leave my house. I was just so embarrassed and I didn't like want to face the world.
1: Ah. well you are facing it now and you're doing so beautifully married children beautiful life and you have your podcast
2: so it's after reality and it's really focusing on what life is really like after reality tv like how do you figure it out and yes interviewing some celebrities and former contestants especially villains and um, talking about motherhood.
0: Yeah. All right. So you can go check out Courtney Robertson's podcast. And by the way, I, I hope to interview Courtney Robertson in the drive with Dave next time I'm in the Phoenix area or if she's in Los Angeles. We've definitely talked about that. Uh, if you guys would like me to make my way to Chris Harrison's neck of the woods, and if you would like, to request him to be on Driving with Dave, send him an Instagram. Tell him what I'm doing. Tell him they're long-form conversations. They're a ton of fun. They're interesting. They're in the flesh. And let me know if he says he would do it. And it might sound like I'm being lazy by saying reach out to them. No, I can reach out to these people too. I'm just letting you know when multiple people say, hey, do Dave Neal's Driving with Dave, it creates a little bit of a hype around it. And then people go, yeah, I'd absolutely love to do that. Um, as you guys know, when I went to Reality Steve's Appreciation Day, we actually got to meet, I think it was 94.7, Mix 94.7. I could have that number wrong, but it's Austin's radio station. So I would be happy to go to Austin, do some stand-up shows, do a Driving with Dave with Chris Harrison. You know, maybe maybe I'll help him clean- clean his pool out, whatever you need over there. You know what I mean? But either way, I'm going to get going. I've got to go record a Driving with Dave with Tammy. Now that I'm buying a new car, I'm going to be having my camera equipment just ready to go. Whenever anybody's in town, I'm going to make it very hard for them to say no. I'm going to give you guys the best interview I know possible. I mean, every time I watch one of these corporate podcasts where there's stupid questions, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to squeeze more juice out of that lemon. I'm going to do it for you, folks. All right, if you appreciate what I'm doing, you can always donate to the channel by joining our Patreon live stream, the behind the scenes bonus content just go to patreon.com slash Dave Neal, there's a link in the comment section on my link tree uh, to do that and plus I'll have my stand up show tickets in Seattle up soon so hang tight for that, that'll be up later this week and also don't forget if you want to support us, uh, you can do something for free, you can share us with your friends on Instagram, you can leave a review and rate the show and share in whatever way you have possible, we appreciate all of your support, I'll be back tomorrow with you guys, hopefully and I really truly mean this we have hopefully we have a miracle story that comes out i'll do a breaking news story if it does about the submarine otherwise i mean tomorrow it's either it's either good news or horrible news but i'm gonna let you guys know either way we're gonna cover that story all right well i'll talk to y'all later i'm dave neal this was bachelor rush hour